Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. From the Vegas Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here. We are sponsored by one of the greatest things imaginable. It's sake in a juice box. It is the Lucky Dog Sake. You need to find it. You need to consume it. And it is spectacular. Ask for it at your local bars. There you go. Lily will be happy. Ah, So we're breaking norms. We're not doing our normal podcast. Well, we kind of are. What we have is, well, a repeat offender. It's been a long time <laughs> since we've had the the mastermind of Gareth behind it the mic. It has been a while. And then we are accompanied by his new friend. Well, I guess not new. No. no. Not, no. not new. Oh, He's just blue. It's Andrew Blue, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Who's this guy? So, Andrew, who we will get diving into momentarily as you see the setup here at the, the bench has designed and developed his own tabletop game. So we are actually going to do a walkthrough after Blue describes everything to us. But before we get to this, we got to talk geek. I mean, let's do a little geek speak, ladies and gentlemen. And Blue, why in all that is holy? Because I'm looking at this, and this is impressive. So this is the player's handbook and DMG all rolled into one. Right. It's got the rules the core of the game. rule book. It's got characters. It even has a scenario, and that's impressive. And according to this is your press release, um, Colorado United States Blue Falcon Studios is proud to introduce a new tabletop role-playing game, Solar Arcadium 2099. By merging both high fantasy and science fiction elements into the same game, players have opportunities for their own play styles in the same game and alongside their fellow role players. In a world where magic and technology exist together, players are able to leave the terrestrial scale to find fame and fortune. Well, <laughs> goddamn, sign me up. I want, I want <laughs> fortune. Fuck fame. I've been there. All that gets you is stalkers. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes stalkers can be fun, but other other times they cannot be that fun. They 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 it's a, it's a hit or miss. Yeah. So evidently, this was just more than like a Friday night meat fever dream. Yeah, this was this was thought out. This is well executed. Walk me through it, Blue. I mean, I'm, sure. I'm very I'm very curious about it. Sure. So, um, you know, I think everyone can relate. And uh, when I say that, you know, 2021 sucked. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we just leaped over that year to get to this yeah. year. Yeah. So, yeah, so here I am. I'm currently on my fourth job myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a software developer. I got into software development after, you know, uh, I was a Marine. I did, you know, military skills to pay the bills. And I got right. into software to finally actually start making some money. And this year was a little rough. So there was back in August, I was working for a company that, Ran out of money. What software company runs out of money? It's oh no! Why no? It's, it's check out Silicon one. Valley. It's there. Yeah, I mean that is that's it's half. Just a field of destroyed software yeah. companies. No, you watch. <laughs> just watch Silicon Valley. 
My greatest thing was like the very first episode of that that show just sums up the whole thing sums up software development. All right, we'll, we'll develop software for food. Yeah, but, but that very first episode where I was sitting with my wife and showing it to her, and they got this episode. It was like, why does the development group always have like one skinny white guy with one fat one got white guy, and then like an Indian guy? And she looks to me, it's like. Oh my God, it's true because she's been to company parties and stuff like that, and so, yeah. so it, it fill it checks all the stereotype boxes, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Uh, well, it should be more, more like a real a life documentary, really. But <laughs> yes, yes. So any, right. yeah. So anyway, here it was in August, and I was just so I was so fed up. I've had this dice mechanic that I was playing around with for a while. Okay. I wanted to do a new dice mechanic. I wanted to do something a little bit different with that. I was working on the math for it and things like that for a while. And then finally, here I am. Um, I left that job so that way I can go try to find something else. But in the meantime, I've got 40 to 50 hours a week to myself. So it's like, let's do this because wouldn't it be great to to make something myself? And that's what I did. I started out. So I had the dice mechanic. So I really wanted to come up with an idea around it, something I wanted to do. Something I've always wanted, because I've played role-playing games since forever. And, I mean, Rifts, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, everything in between. And uh, So, okay. Yeah. What's the best platform? What's the best role-playing game? And I want to say, I want to say there should be something in between. Because that's where I'm trying to get to, is um, I, I really want a theme of science fantasy. I do like Star Wars in the sense that you get a little bit of that. You get a little bit of magic. You get a little bit of magic. You get a little bit of sa- a science, fic- a science fiction. Nerd. And so that's what I was going for. <laughs> right. So, um, and that's where I feel like something was lacking in some of the other ones. Like, if they did science fantasy, it was like, it was like you know, like Rifts. You're bound to the Earth. You can't really go. You, Shadowrun. You yeah. I want Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Shadowrun. What about the? I mean, did you ever do like Marvel? Did you do uh, Robotech? Because I mean, that was a popular one oh, for yeah. us for a while. Was Robotech? I never had friends that got into that. I wanted it so. I love. See, I'm a big fan of BattleTech and stuff like that. So, right. on the computer, I get my fill from that. That's great. I didn't get that opportunity myself. I love. Yeah, and, I love robots. And I never got into role playing games until Fifth Edition D and D. Oh, I mean, God. Always, oh, my God. Fifth edition? Yeah, no. Yeah, you're not. Like, yeah. Like, but I always wanted to play, and I think forever ago I played, like, a Pathfinder game, and I loved the idea of it. I was like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, right. This is fun. I like to, you know, I'm a, I'm a spaz. I like to pretend to be other people. I'm like, you know, I make voices all the time, you know? It's like, why? <laughs> That's why you're sitting there sketching. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware of who Gareth is, he is a former member of Red Team Go. Because yes. Red Team Go is... Disbanded for the most part. Yeah, okay. we're we're rebranding is how we put it currently. Does that um, mean all of you got to get matching tattoos again? <laughs> yes, <laughs> only this time they're on our dicks. Nice. Um, so Gareth is a very accomplished artist. Yes, in his own right, he has he has some amazing. Uh, I mean, just amazing art. That's all I can say. So, some some and nice. may I, yeah yes <laughs> start filling those pockets yeah. and well may I say Dan he is the chief is the interior principal? illustrator he yeah. is the principal illustrator so very nice the cover art that you see there is done by another close friend and uh, fellow veteran uh, Jeff Broadhead he did the cover art which I'm very happy for I don't think so uh, it doesn't sound familiar no no but that's okay. 
you know, you never know. I, I, yeah. I, I don't want to upset someone and Jeff be like, dude, you don't know me? And I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. You know? <laughs> I love his art. No, I absolutely love his art. I'm going to try to get some more illustrations from him. Nice. You will hopefully see more and more of that stuff, just like with Gareth. Gareth himself is the principal illustrator for it, which, um, that being said, yeah, I didn't necessarily give any of my illustrators any time with this, uh, you know. <laughs> like, so you have two weeks. Yeah. Wow, so kind of like Marvel-style deadlines. I yeah, like yeah, it. yeah. 24 hours. 24 yeah. hours, oh, that's it. All your kneecaps is done. <laughs> but maybe not as coordinated as them, or maybe just as, because for me it was just like, oh, shit, this is actually coming together. Um, I've got no pictures well, kind of thing. Yeah, and we had, a, we had a conversation before that where you, like at the very beginning, where I think you were you, – you were wanting to do it, but you hadn't quite decided. Like, you were still right. on the fence, and I was like, no, motherfucker, just do it. Yeah, because I was, I'm used to having a, a, a paying job. I'm used to being institutionalized, yeah. not work for myself. And so right. this that was the job. a better temperament, a little, a little more mm-hmm. determination. Yeah. So when you were playing in your role-playing days, what was the class that you typically – fell towards I mean, what oh, did you, what did you... oh there you go there you go hey gareth <laughs> i you, will tell you right you now want to cover this <laughs> okay so as long as i've known blue and it's been a long time yeah it's been a minute mm. he, he has always been about uh kick open the door and cast fireball oh yeah collateral damage is just collateral damage like he is see i, I have a dm that would love that because he's all like all right well you didn't take into account the room size oh so uh, no i've got the greatest trap for that no um i got the greatest trap for so you trap yourself you've already learned from your own mistakes Jeff's, and you're ready to take yeah it. jess father gave me the greatest trap for that yeah. you know in honor of kent broadhead no that man gave me the greatest trap and it's it's the butter golem <laughs> so he kent yeah jeff's dad used to play second edition way back in the day like, Old school. Well, I, I'm, I yeah. am first and second edition. Yeah. I, there you I'm, go. I'm, I may have a third edition somewhere, but I go. am first and second edition. So, so you may know this pain. He had a wizard in his party that would SWAT style kick open a door and fireball every single time. He tried putting prisoners in there to save. Nah. Burn into barbecue. You put golden treasure in there. Molten, you know, it's now molten slag. I don't care. You'll fi- fireball the next room. Yeah, so finally, gold is gold, right? Yeah, gold it's, is gold, you know. And so what <laughs> we're he would do, melt it down anyway. Who gives yeah, a shit? exactly. So what he did was he created a spring trap at the base st- uh, square of the door. Wizard wizard uh, breaches and clears the door. Spring trap launches him into this room where the door sl- uh, spring slams shut. Inside is a small entrapped room. So the wizard is flying in behind his fireball into the center of the room is a large seven-foot statue of a golem made entirely out of butter. The (laughs) fireball hits the butter golem, moltens the butter into an entire, you know, like hot tub pit of molten butter and burns the wizard to death in his own cooked... Popcorn! Yes. (laughs) So... Wow. The greatest trap I have, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's better that's... than the, the my DM because he would just like, well, the fireball comes back at you. <laughs> Roll your dexterity. Up, oh, you're not that? gonna make that. And toasty. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like the the butter golem. I I'm going to probably introduce that into my vernacular now. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Congratulations, yeah. you have achieved butter golem. Butter. Golem. Yes. 
So, obviously, you have learned some temperament since then, I hope. Or no, no. I, 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 so, let me t- – so, okay, then, if you, if you don't mind, no, let me tell you my it. favorite tra- dungeon trap. I would love to hear that. All right, so here you go. The group of you walk into a room, and it is a small room to study about the, the size of this room itself. Okay. There is a couple smoking chairs, a beautiful oak wood st- uh, desk – uh, office desk that sits there and be uh, at the f- uh, library style bookcases wall s- floor to ceiling bookcases line one wall of the room in the far back of the room is this elaborate marble bust of this flamboyantly decorated bard with a huge marble brim hat and the feather that sticks out the back and as the party enters the room the door slams shut and the uh, bard marble bust animates to life. And this is at the point where this I... This is some kind of weird, twisted Disney animatronic gone to hell, isn't oh. it? Oh. No, this is uh, Marine Corps. I've been to Marine Corps boot camp. <laughs> and, and to Seer School kind of, uh, yeah, games. Okay. So anyway, the marble bust within say, and then I have a list. And in this case, I usually have a list of fantasy and D&D style puns that I would then read from a list. I've got a list of them ready. So the bard would le- read like the most tor- terrible puns. I'm talking like a thousand times worse than like, you know, like what do mermaids wash their fins with? Tide. <laughs> one, one funny joke. Ah, 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 ah. So then, so then the trap is this. Every round, the bard will read a joke. The bard marble bus will read a joke. Anybody at the tap, anybody, any player at the table laughs. They don't take any damage. If they don't laugh, they take damage. If they groan, so they're just getting vicious. They take double damage the whole time. They're getting vicious mockery. They're it's meta vicious <laughs> mockery the whole time. While they got to find like they got to find three levers. So the trick is you got to find three levers. Once you find uh. them, you got to pull them at the same order, in the correct order, and then the door unlocks. You can get out of that hell hole. But in the meantime. Yeah, so Jeff, the illustrator here, he was great. He, he was my very best one because I've played against players that, like, they got the jokes, like, oh, God, we got to laugh. So then they're, like, hysterically, like, over the top. I'm talking, like, they're shattering it. It's just, like, <laughs> laughing. Yes. Which then causes other people to laugh. And then, you know, hey, you're laughing, so you don't take any damage. But then you got Jeff here. He's just sitting there, like, I ain't doing it. I'm not – no, I, we don't negotiate with terrorists. I'm not doing this. And then just take it – yeah, he falls unconscious. He, he – yeah, but – Wow. See, that's okay. I like to just – like I'm, so I'm that's also a my favorite DM. joke. That's that my favorite. That is just mockery, yeah, and I love mean. it. Like I, I like to mess with players, my thing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, like recently I was running a uh, new DM, so I'm just like I'm kind of just winging it. I'll make, make shit happen. What I did was I, I like to do something different. I like to put my characters – I put them on a ship in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And they – Oh, are, so like Navy. So he's got – yeah. Well, of course. Um, but they wake up in cages because they were kidnapped and they are being oh. forced to illegally fight in pit fights. Well, Navy based and, on a true story. Yeah, international waters. You know, because right. you know, that's all we do. Like, we have time to <laughs> fucking fight. That's all we do in the Navy. <laughs> Um, so, and there's, no. the, there's the new slogan for the Navy, ladies and gentlemen. All we do is fucking fight. Pretty much. It doesn't matter where or who. It's, it's physical contact either way. 
Um, Either so, way, you're getting your rocks off. Yeah, yeah exactly. As a Marine can so, confirm, can drink to this. Um, so I put them out there. They're doing this. They wake up. They get put in this pit. What I did, what I like to do is I, I come to the point where the ship is co- going. Everything's going to shit because your party has to get off the ship somehow. Right. Everything's going to shit. The, the ship is on fire. People are running, screaming. They're, you know, like in the last one, um, the my players decided to let go all of the monsters that were being used to fight the people. Because you, you didn't oh, that's fight a other bad people. I- that's a bad fight. idea. You fought monsters. That's so, a bad idea. Oh, yeah, no. So there, there was a, a displacer beast that was running around attacking people as they were getting off the ship. Jesus there, Christ. There, there was a hill golem. This is the best part. The hill golem um, ran up the stairs, like ran to a, an escape boat, threw the guard off the other side of the ship, and you see just this escape boat on the water, like the back end is tipped in the water, and he's just like paddling himself. <laughs> like out like of it's there. a boogie board. Like it's yeah. a boogie board. <laughs> he's paddling himself out of there. Um but what, what I, so my players get to the end of the ship. There's there's two characters that are the, the main baddies, at least for this part of the, the thing. Right. Um one is the, the pirate captain um and one is this overly flamboyant tiefling. It's always a tiefling because why not? Um, so they go to fight the captain. They find out that the captain is just a big old pussy. All right. Like, they kill him. Like, just immediately. outright? And so they're like, that was weird. And then, uh, um, as the tieflings run away with this, like, oh, she's, like, just this, like, little waif, redheaded, like, barmaid. They're running away. They go to capture her. She turns around and blasts them with two flintlock pistols right in the stomach because she's the real captain. And then they escape, and they just disappear. So, All they did was kill the valet? Pretty much. Oh, <laughs> so, suckers! So, and they, they like this guy. I'm, I'm hyping this dude up the whole time. Like the captain, he's this big, bald-headed, tattooed. He's got this belt and his big axe, and he's all covered in scars and all this. And they, they get to him, and they like the first person that attacks him kills him. And they're like, what? And then they find <laughs> out that the real captain, the real bad guy, is this like this badass chick who just like ha fooled you, and we're peace out. And they just like bounce off the ship. They they have a teleporter and they or a teleport circle and they're out of there. Nice. So they, they got so mad. <laughs> what was that? No, there's a I played it. I was in a DM uh, recently in a, or in a DMD session, and there's a bunch of us. They say you wake up in the woods and you know find out you know you guys are gonna ask each other. So we get to know each other. Go to this town with this bunch of undead, uh. and uh, we meet a uh, um, vampire stamp diary with a vampire. Lestat. Yeah. Lestat. Uh, his name is Stott, and I'm just like like what's up? And we're like don't worry about it. <laughs> and so, uh, nah, she, 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 don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know you. Yeah, was like, I invite you to my castle later on. And so we go over there, but before that, we have all this blood drawn from our, our arms the next door. We get there, and uh, he apparates and he says, You know, I've been waiting for you. Thank you for accepting my invitation. I get so bored shape shifting into other people, such as animals. People. I'm picturing Will Ferrell I think playing I've seen this, this character. Porn I do. It's just. <laughs> Ta-da. Like I said, I've seen you, his porno. I think I have. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure. Lestat and Louis make a porno. I think is what <laughs> yeah. it was called. And I love, I love how it started with a German accent. So oh, I would yes. like if you also would come to the castle later. Yeah, it just gets. <laughs> so, uh, gets <laughs> but first we must do some thing. I don't know when you do that. Now I'm picturing. Now I'm picturing the burbs like he's offering them like sardines with crackers like sardine. Yeah. Or what we do in the shadows. Oh my god! Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Totally like that. Oh my god. 
What yeah. session were you doing? Every, for everyone at home, I apologize. But if you're only listening to this, go over to the YouTube channel so you can actually see or hear Ryan. Because mm-hmm. he's not actually on a mic. He's, <laughs> yeah, the he's, unsung hero over he's here. He's over there running the camera right now. So whoa. And he's completely Donald ducking it. He has no pants on. He has no so. pants. Yeah. Which is yes. weird, but I'm kind of into it. It's okay. So. Well, you're Navy. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it, it's his Yogi Bear. Yeah. 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 They, they said they were into it. They, I, I, it's, it was in the cliff notes. I, you know, I get these things. I read them. It may have been fast. Yeah. <laughs> may have been may have been pants optional. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Not another session that it was. I just got to friends that actually shot their All right. The answer is always yes. Yes, yes. The yes. answer is always yes. If someone says, do you want to come over and play some D&D? Why, yes. Yes, I do. But be careful when they say, are you a dungeon master? And then you show up and oh, there's yeah. lips and chains everywhere when you just have your book. Like, ah. Uh... I think. And your, and your card. I don't think my dice are going to fit behind that over there. Mm-hmm. Just when I hold up my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Roll for initiative. No, that's, that's where you're mean. It's just like, okay. I don't Roll level one character. We're fighting beholders and dragons tonight. You right. want to know pain. You yes. want to know pain. The, no. the bard, <laughs> the bard seduces the dragon. <laughs> Roll for damage. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's a male dragon. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, that got dark quick, folks. We apologize in advance. <laughs> when does it not with me yeah, involved? Come that's on. A good point. Very, yeah. very good point. Which being said, yeah. Proudly veteran-owned and operated company right here. So this is... So this is a very well-put-together handbook. Oh, well, thank you. Um, Quality-wise. So did you... Yeah, you even have an ISBN number. Holy crap. You, oh, yeah. That, so that was the like easiest the part. Thing. You buy them as like a pack of 10. Yes. <laughs> and so that way I've got... So uh, on the... Pro, so, it's def, so the biggest thing has been a lesson of project management. So yeah, I've got a pack of 10 ISBNs. I've got... So you have to have an ISBN for each format. So I've got mm-hmm. one for PDF and... So... The so book itself. actually, libraries and bookstores can order this. Yes, I'm actually trying to reach out to several local uh, game stores myself. Any other game stores that are hearing this, just uh, my email is on the webpage. It's on the book. Um, happy, uh, happy to distribute to local game stores. I'm talking with several game stores around town. Have you been over to Wizards Chest yet? I have not been to. So I'm. I live up northeast Denver. So. I definitely plan on trying to make a trip down there. Now, the hardest part I found out is that Sundays are not the best time to go talk to and talk with the manager. No. They ain't there. No. no so for Sunday. everyone that I have it's talked to, I, I wish to apologize. <laughs> there, there is one day sacred to the manager. That is Sunday. Yeah. Not because of sports. Uh, What's that? At Wizard's Chest? No, I have, I have not had the privilege of meeting anybody over at Wizard's Chest just yet. Um, uh, reached out to a couple others. When, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be just tickled pink and be announcing it on all social media when I do um, work something out with some of the local stores I've talked with or anybody else in the future. I totally my, believe, my yeah, my gaming has come from playing at local stores, picking up groups at local stores. That is where I, I really want to right. uh, oh, and we'll contribute also, to. Here soon in the first of the year, have a pickup game at Hobbytown Westminster. Yes, oh, so that's already in the works. There. So, yeah. yeah, the thank you. The uh, the manager there has shown interest, and he wants. To, he's going. We're going to sync up after the holidays, and okay. um, that's my also my goal too. Is uh, as many stores willing to offer a demo? We'll be offering a game night. I'll be there with a the table, and 
We'll play the game through and well, let us know and create yes. a social page event for it. We will post it on fifty two eighty, so you guys can keep well, thank uh, you. up to date if you want. If you're in town, um, I don't think the person that listened to us in Indonesia <laughs> will make it, or right. over in England, we have a few. Oh wow! We, we, yeah, the the podcast is is worldwide. Yeah. We're Worldwide. Than, well, we are better than Pitbull. I was going to say, you're Pitbull yeah. now. I was about to say that <laughs> same joke. I do ship internationally, so. All right. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. So walk me through this. So okay. you are putting together a character, and you have how many different classes? So for right now, you've got six classes. Jesus. You have. All right. You have the freelancer, kind of the jack-of-all-trades, the person that's used to be out there on the fringe, on the frontier, and having to be uh, the person that has to be their own doctor, mechanic, whatever. You have the scientist. The person has uh, gone out there into the, uh, into the universe to try to help explore archaeological ruins, mineral deposits, new research things. They are the skill masters. Then, okay. then you have the soldier, which is the stereotypical... I'm going to tank, and I'm going to deal damage, and I'm going to chew bubble gum. And there's no bubble gum. bubble gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, and in space, you can't if blow you bubbles. you put that in his profile, I swear to God, I'm just going to applaud you. Like, that is the best. Nothing else you do the fat boy, you nuke him. Yeah. Yeah. Duke yeah. Yeah, Duke Nukem. So you, have these, <laughs> so you have these three basic classes, then you have three more advanced classes okay. where um, – you have the psychic, which either through telepathy or kinesis, you're either manipulating other people's minds or you're, other, you're manipulating the world around you. Okay. Uh, you have the, a cybernetic, which has all classes can have cybernetics. The cybernetic cranks it up to 11. Like they have specialized in having all the cybernetics and being able to fit a lot more of them and being able to get more power out of them. And then okay. finally you have the mage. And the mage in this... I love how you're like all science, and then all of a sudden, and the mage. And the mage. <laughs> I, think, I think the the title for him is still in the works. We like, I don't know. If I don't think mage well, works. I would, See, that's where... Yeah, so... Mystic arts, may, I mean, not to pull from Doctor Strange, uh-huh. but mystic arts, maybe. Mage. Well, that's where, I love it. Don't yeah. get me wrong, so, but it's oh, just yeah. so interesting. You have all these names, and then mage. Well, that's just it. So it expands off a little bit. You got four classes of magic. Okay. But just as you've got space travel, you actually have a a mage that specializes in that. You have the hedge wizard, which is desi- uh, specializes in opening up portals to go to other worlds to transport ships into another dimension, like hyperspace, to be able to get things places faster. You have the eldritch witch, that like goes into nightmares and pulls stuff out and it's like oh my god i've got friends that's frightening right and then you have the classic mysticism wizard that does fireballs and everything like that because i've got to have fireballs yeah Yeah, i wonder why (laughs) yeah there ain't no butter golems in space (laughs) yeah (laughs) i made sure of that It's something other butter. Right? It's, I, can't I can't believe it's not butter. Right? <laughs> In space. And then, yeah, then finally you have the alchemist, which is specializing in transmutation and healing and manipulating the physical world through magic. And then, you know, they want to create armor barriers and create a weapon and, you know, heal people at the same time. So okay. you do have a branch out like that. So there's some, there were some core values that I created from a project development standpoint. And that was um, – 
the classes themselves, so you have the dice mechanics and you have the combat and stuff like that, movement, and those are core rules. And I wanted that stuff to be immutable. I wanted that stuff to be, um, I wanted that stuff to be recyclable across multiple um, game rules, mm-hmm. such as the classes. And so that's one thing I designed about this too, is that it is modular. You don't have to play with magic. You don't have to play with sci- You can create a fantasy out of this. Uh, I'd like to make. Um, uh, I've got a m- planned module in the future where you don't have to have cy- cybernetics. Right. So the table itself can get together and they can decide. Well, no one's made a mage. We don't really want to play with magic. We don't have to. Don't have to. No problem. So each one of the game rules itself are modular, and they're not. The whole game system won't break if you don't play with something. Right. Well, I mean, I remember back in the day, D&D had mm-hmm. different modules. There was, like, the elves, the dwarves module, there, you know, the vampires, yep. the thieves module. So there were different focuses depending upon what you wanted to play. And, of mm-hmm. course, it's open to them, but it was more keen and specific to that particular player class. Yes. And so that's, that's something uh, – the nature of that is something I wanted to keep, too. I have there are three expansion books planned. There's a Kickstarter planned for trying to get more funding, mainly for illustrations. Um, oh yeah, we gotta get this bitch paid. Yep. Yeah. He's he's high maintenance. I mean, I can't. I can't just look at that beard. Look at that time. glorious at that beard. beard. It's all curly and everything. Expecting beads and stuff like that to be in it. Yeah. So you do look very like. Yep. Uh, like. Christmas story. Like dwarf chick. No, no, no. no. He looks like he's at a Christmas story where he's got the big robust beard uh-huh. and he's going to be the feasting soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, Odin was the original Father Christmas. He so... was the original Father Christmas. And you see, you see, look at that. He thinks he's a god. That's, you know. Well, look at him. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. I am waiting for you to braid that. I really, I really, right? I'm really, it has like, been braided. Pigtails coming before, off. Like, uh, the the wife uh, braided from the the sideburns all the way down once. And I wow! Nice how we braids. entertained ourselves during Rona. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yep. Wait, Rona. <laughs> Rona, this was Thursday night. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, this was yeah, yeah. The coof. This has been every Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I call Tuesday. It right. is a glorious beard, Gareth. I do Thank have you. to give you credit. Thank yeah. You. I mean, do you like. Use berries and beads in that shit? I mean, come on. I was actually told, uh, the, the wife was telling me the other day, I got this text at work, and she's like, why do you have more beauty products than I do? Because I have, like, beer bombs and oils, and I yeah. have, like, I have the whole nine yards. And I was like, because I like to smell nice. I don't know. Because I like, want to be pretty for yeah, you. what the hell? Yeah. Like, uh, actually, you up. know, my, my <laughs> ex-girlfriend was, was the same way. Like, you have more beauty products than I do. And I'm like... Hey, it's tough being this pretty. I can't. I, know, I don't right? know what to tell you. I'm sorry to break it to you. I've tried growing a beard. Like, I've tried. I've tried. I've waxed it. I've conditioner and the comb. And I've seen a beard like yours. Yeah. No, so for me, it's a necessity. I, I shave this, and they're actually asking for my ID at the bar again, all over again. They're I mean, even letting you in the we, bar. We don't let 12-year-olds into the bar. Like, Kid, get out. Like, I've shaved mine, but I still look like, like in the Navy, I got in trouble in boot camp. Because they're like, did you, you shave? shave? Did you have and to shave like, twice in a day? Did you have to shave twice? Three in? times oh I had to shave. Because we had an inspection. And they um, yelled at me. They're like, did you shave, Ken Zach? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, shave again. I'm like, okay. So I go and shave again. I come back out. You know, the next um, as soon as the drill light instructor. Hits it. <laughs> yeah, the, the next drill yeah. instructor is like, walks by and stops. 
It's like, oh, I can't see anything under the shadow. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did shave. Shave again. (laughs) So it comes down to it where basically. I'm not going to have a face. Yeah, they made the the leader of our, like, boot camp division shave me. And, like, we walk into the bathroom, and he's like, dude, I'm not shaving you. I'll just watch. And I was like, fair enough. I shaved again. I walk back out, and the head drill instructor in the Navy, if you know the Navy, he was was our chief. He was our E7. You're XL. Yeah, he, um, he is like. Uh, he walks up to me. He's like, did you shave? And I was like, yes, chief. And he's like, what are you, a fucking werewolf? I'm like, apparently. And even our, our head, like, recruit, like, he was like, no, he, he shaved, chief. I saw him. I watched him. I was like, okay. So we're standing our, in our inspection. In our fancy dress whites, all, like. Nice. And so the, the, um, the commander who's doing the inspection comes in, and he's walking by everybody. And he's, like, looking at everybody. And he, he walks by me, and he's like. <laughs> he gets up he gets all up in my like he like you shaved your day recruit i'm like sir yes sir and he's like what are you a fucking werewolf i swear our chief told him the story just to make jokes just to wind you up but i'm sitting there like apparently sir and he's like carry on <laughs> and he just walks off but i'm standing there i'm like bleeding i have like blood you pouring. couldn't pull a pin out of your ass <laughs> with a tractor and you're yeah. like yes like I, I have missing skin i look like you know like one of those horror movie zombies that's just flesh falling off Freddy his face. Kruger. Oh yeah, yeah. I look horrible, <laughs> bleeding. Oh my god! Trying not to get it all over my fancy dress whites. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, nice. But yeah, so I, I apparently I, if I shave, I just look like you know, I you just up look and, like you. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Because I think I've seen you at all various stages. I mean, this is obviously the longest it's been. Yeah. Uh, I think well, I think it's been a little longer, but I'm not sure how not long ago that was. So yeah, it's getting up there. It's pretty yeah. close. Beard so. contests, here you come. All right. And chili me. eating contests. Oh, yeah, chili. Yeah. Yes. I make my own chili. <laughs> I rock it. Yeah, no. Excellent. Mm-mm. All right. So no longer waiting. Blue, let's let's try some of this. I want to sure. dive into this. Sure. I mean, as much as we could probably sit here and fan right. all and day. nostalgia over so. his beard. <laughs> so what i've explained before is that i did a new dice mechanic so no longer you just rolling one dice doing some arithmetic in your head and it's just pass fail it's just hit or or no yeah Yeah. yes or no true false it's just okay so that's one i don't know if i like that but okay so that's one of the appeals that i have to this because that might seem like you're rolling a couple more dice but you get to pick and choose a little bit more with this it's not just roll the dice and walk away you get to have a little fun. You get to pick and choose what you like to do with it. So, okay. first like off. This. All right. What do I get to play? Yeah. So, first off, just as you have your attributes and your skills, you have your attribute dice. Okay. You have three core attributes, physical, mental, and a presence. They have specialties that you can specialize in and, you know, right. check those core, check boxes. Core, like a bard and all of that yep. stuff. Right. So, you can have somebody high physical that could be a gymnast. You can have somebody high physical that could be a soldier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, carrying like a minigun slung off the side and just yeah, or or just a razor. We don't we don't know right. <laughs> so you have your d8s. Your d8s are your attribute dice. You can have uh, it's directly uh, and all of these are directly tied to the value that you have for that skill or attribute. Right. So at most you can have five attribute dice. Okay. okay. Five point five attribute dice. You have your D10s. Your D10s are your skills. Combat, and you have six core skills. 
Same thing, you can have specialties that can add to the value, but otherwise you can have at most three skill dice. For some of the more advanced play, you have three power dice. Psychic, magic, cybernetic. And those are 12-sided dice. 12-sided dice, exactly. And again, you can have specialties. All of these specialties add to the value. So in total, your attribute, skill, or power of value plus the specialties gives you the number of dice. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, yes. It may appear that you're rolling a bunch of dice at first. So Everybody likes to throw dice. I mean, let's... There you go. That that is probably the most fun. You just like... All the dice goblins out there just... And I know all the Warhammer people are just heavy breathing right right. now. They're like, oh, throw all those D6s. All of them. Oh, if I could throw a hundred D6s, I will. (laughs) And that was the best thing, because when you do, like, Axis and Allies, I mean, you're like, okay, I've got 12... Tanks and you're like shaking every single oh, yeah. D6. That, yeah, oh, that's yep. it's so addictive because you're like, all right. And then when you're in the in the ocean and you got the transports, you got like twelve transports. Uh-huh. And like they're only hitting at one, but you've got twenty of them. And you're like, all right, something's got to hit. This is gonna, yeah, you got that one that one cook. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, just total Cuba Gooden Jr. and Pearl Harbor. Just, just, just one guy. One guy. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. So <laughs> that. Is the only kind of deceptively tough part. Okay. After this, let's say, for example, I'm going to do a combat check. I've got a three in physical. And then your specialty is added dice. So I've got a four, and a plus I've got a specialty in strength. Because I'm going to hit Gareth right now in the face. Ooh. It's going to be- that armor's got a pretty high armor value, but we're going to check this out here, okay? <laughs> beard armor. Yep. So we've got four attribute dice total. Okay. Three for the value. One for the uh, physical uh, strength specialty. Okay. Now, let's say I've got a two combat value. Okay. Okay? I also have a specialty in melee, so that gives me three. Now, this is what is called the dice pool. Wow. Okay? Okay. You roll the dice pool, and here's how it works. Top half, uh, there's no adding or subtracting. Top half is a success. Bottom half is a failure. Okay. So right now. So what are zeros come in? Are they top or bottom? Top. Okay. Ten. So that's a ten. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here we go. So what I have here is, so this is how a dice pool works. Top half is a success. Bottom half is a failure. And then you have criticals. So here, to, so here what I have is I've got three successes. A standard attack requires two successes or more. Once you start stacking up successes, you can actually spend it on you, – you get a spendable part, uh, portion to the dice pool. So I hit. Not only did I hit, top, uh, the very top value of the die is a critical. very bottom half of the die is a setback. Fumble. Yeah, fumble. Exactly. Oh. And this was the attempt for – especially for new players too to add – uh, definition to each one in a separate one, so that way. So, so Garrett's Garrett's about to eat a knuckle sandwich, is what you're taking. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So that's just for right now. Let's say I've got three successes. I've got three successes, so I hit. So every attack has a base number of damage dice, which is your d6s, and then um, anything that is exceeds, you're adding damage. So I only needed two. I got a three. I get to add an extra damage to it. Oh, okay. Right. If you uh, start racking up extra successes, every in, everything in combat has features that you can apply. So I could apply, my unarmed attack has the stun feature. 
I can now trigger the stun feature and like, get that going. Like Black Widow just zapping people in the yep. face all day. Yep. So, I not, got, so not only is he hit, but he's got to sit there and watch mm-hmm. it come at him. So this is where the dynamic Damn. comes in. Is It is tough because you are rolling some dice, and you need 50-50 for, uh, for a couple number of them to make the hit. Right. But then... Once you scale up, it's no longer in the days of, oh, well, I just roll a d20, and I'm going to add 40 to it. Let's see <laughs> if I hit. You know, it's like a level 10, a level 10 or 15 yeah. fighter. Right. Hmm, yeah, yeah, let's see if I hit this this level 1 goblin. Hmm, yeah. We, we've yeah, all had no. that moment in D&D where we're like, oh, let me see if Do I, I hit. Do I really need to roll? Do I really? No. So Especially now, yeah, rogues. In case you, yeah, yeah, in case you fumble. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, high, no. High-level rogues who never go below 10. Now you get the ability <laughs> that there's a couple. So here's the thing about criticals. So here's the thing. With criticals, rolling the top number, they got spendable things. So you can, oper- uh, you can activate features. You can get a little bit extra out of your skill dice roll. It gives the dungeon master or the game master the means to add a little bit more narration to a success. But then also, there's another thing, too. So we have, going back real quick, we have your attribute dice, which are always D8s. Right. Your skill dice are always D10s. Power dice are always D12s. You have D20s in here. D20s, fortune dice. You have fortune and face dice. Fortune favors the brave. Your spendable portion of a critical can be used for activating things in your own attack. Or you can give one to the team. You put a fortune dice down for the team. Now any team member can dip into that fortune pool later on in a roll and add those to the rolls to try to get some more successes out of their roll. So that way you can provide a little bit more cinematic flair for somebody else's uh, somebody else's effort later on in the game, okay. especially at a critical moment where the team needs to beat the boss or the team needs to fix a certain part to be able to get out of danger, so which, on and so forth. Which, speaking of the team, like um, this is one of the things I was most excited about when he was telling me about the game is there's actually ship battles where the team has to work together in mm-hmm. their ship. See, I like that because let's face it: when you're in a campaign, half the time it sucks. When you're yeah. sitting, yeah, you're just you're nobody. Like, okay, I'm, I'm yeah, fucked. nobody likes playing 3D holographic chess while you have a pilot and a gunner trying to fight off Tie fighters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's another thing I'll get to in a little bit here, but um, absolutely. So you have your attribute dice, skill dice, power dice, fortune, and fate dice, and with those, you get the wonderful ability to provide to the team. It's very collaborative-based. Okay. So that way a team member can uh, maybe be able to succeed something that they may not have been able to before, but for the sense of cinematic flair, the rules, you know, the rule of cool, it works. <laughs> the rule of cool. Is that the new Thacko, the rule of cool? Yeah. All right. I'm yeah. just going to pick up a couple It may have been said by another famous DM. What cool. famous DM said that? Gary Gygax, right? I know. Wow. I don't know. No, it's I'm cool. Just it's cool. No, yeah, it's, <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever, the internet Gareth. knows. Whatever, whatever, Gareth. You, you lost your the, cool points. The internet, no, yeah. The internet knows. Whatever. Wow. So, all right. All right. So that that's Call the core dice like mechanic. Just, just threw you. <laughs> I know. I'm just, you know what? I'm gonna draw dicks in every illustration now. They just gotta find it. <laughs> Everybody, be aware. The new, oh. the new editions are gonna have little, dicks in every old school Disney. Then, yeah, huh? The exactly. Old school Disney. Yeah. Little Mermaid. It. Yeah. There you go. There we go. So that's the core dice mechanics. You have your attribute dice, your okay. skill dice, or your power dice. Okay. And one of those is... The dice or the D- D6s? Yes. 
Um, and so you're making dice pools out of a combination of those dice. Okay. Top half is a success. Bottom half is a failure. You've got your criticals and your setbacks, and they play into it. So now, cool. All right. So now in terms of uh, character creation too, the class-based element, it's, uh, it's not level-based. It's your XP is a direct currency that you can spend to progress your character. So I create a soldier. I put points into it. I level up. I get those XP points, and I get to spend those on certain things. And so character advancement that we have in here, it's, it's say I want to buy a new ability. It costs so many points for this level three ability, class ability. It costs okay. this much for a new attribute point. Um, uh, going up to the next attribute point or getting a specialty, things like that. So your XP direct can be directly spent to progressing your character in the way that you want that character pro- to progress. So it's not like you level up and you get certain characteristics mm-hmm. or certain There is skills. no ding. Yeah. yeah. You, it, don't, you don't become a, a, an all-powerful you know, god. Well, yeah, know. because like when you – I think it's what, level 5, Paladin gets heal light wounds. Mm-hmm. And that it's like it's customary. So like once you hit level five, because that was like the big quest, got to get level five mm-hmm. so I can at least patch myself up because I keep charging on this horse with a lance trying to hit something, and I just fuck myself up. So right, I'm the worst cleric ever. <laughs> I, yeah, I love playing cleric because I don't heal my party. You heal yourself. I unheal everything else. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what is it? Um, inflict wounds. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that spell. I, like I, I've, I have a grave domain cleric that I've, I've boosted. Up. Basically, where it happens is I just walk up to you and be like, boop, and you just take what is it, three d ten damage immediately. <laughs> Death touch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, and like, and like, and I, I like to play it fun. Like I'll just like, bunk him in the nose. Like, boink, bleh, bleh, and you just explode with, like, <laughs> your veins explode because you just took, like, wow. 4d10 damage from a right. third-level cleric. Right. So there, there's that spent. Now, in the meantime, too, if there's a lot of fluff that you had to get to that point, too, right? There's yeah. a lot of fluff and a lot of other stuff that you don't use. You definitely don't use cure wounds. <laughs> in this, you're, you're advancing your character to get to that point. It's almost like a tech tree kind of style for the classes. Okay. You can also multi-class, too. And so I'd say I, I played soldier. I want to doubt. I want to get a little bit of magic. So now I pay for another class. I can start going down that tree. Play, pay for some cybernetics or some extra right? skills. Right, exactly. But in the meantime, for you, you're like, I don't want this. I just want to spend stra- – I want to go straight for inflict wounds. Oh, yeah. That's my wheelhouse. Well, the, the, yeah. The one-trick pony over yeah. here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why Why have this elaborate character that has all these things and then... If you can unalive kind of, something better than someone else, yeah. that's really all you need. You spend all this time on this character creating this elaborate story, and then why in the hell is Cure Wounds in there? It has to be part of that character sheet. It doesn't. With this, with Solar Arcanum 2199, it doesn't. Yeah. You get like to create it. your character. All right. So, that's a great idea. Yeah. I so, really like it. So with that, so you have... You have the core mechanics. You have the uh, character uh, attributes and skills and such. You have the classes. So what I do have, as included in the book, there are there is a pre-made character ready to go for each one of those classes. Okay. I've written them down on some sheets here. All right. And mm-hmm. if you want, I yes. actually have them here. And then in addition to the book, there is a starting adventure, which the very first expansion book that I have planned is actually a campaign guide building off that starting adventure okay so with this book how, you, how many character sheets you got there well i've got five written down i've got five written down what are we doing 
Oh, you roll and see what you get? Roll and see what you get? What are you going to throw a 20 for? Two. Why do you have to throw into the corner? Why do you have to throw crooked like that? I get a reroll. Six. All right, I'm three. Give me number three. I got six again. Okay. Six, six, so give him five. So. So I get character sheet number three. Okay. So, Dan, you get Judy Yills, the psychic. Oh! I am going to pull out your dirtiest secret. And then just make hints at it all the time. Now, I'll just tell you what if it my is, aunt, honestly. if my aunt Betty knew about that, Aunt Betty, you <laughs> have an aunt Betty. <laughs> okay. Now you, Gareth. Yeah. What do I get? I want you to pick since since you can't follow the rules and you got to roll a six <laughs> with five characters. I guess. All right. I want you to pick. I want you to roll a D four since you've got a D four. D four. The only dice that's not in this game, but you got to be different. Three. Let's okay, go with three gotta, now. You got to throw it, oh, another three? Okay. So you know what? You get the soldier. Of course. Of course. You get Moira Stillweather, the career gunnery sergeant soldier. Oh. Right. So the saltiest bitch wow. in the fucking solar system. In the fleet. Yep. Cool. She's got the, the Everlast chastity belt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So salty because all she does is shoot stuff. She doesn't get any. She just gets That's drunk. right. That's right. She just gets drunk all day and shoots aliens. In the face. Straight. Yeah, the camo on all of her armor is just completely faded. It's it's original issue, but, like, faded. She's got no camo anymore. Yep. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess that's She's good. She's worn it all off. Digis yep. suck. Okay. So... Yeah, so for Psychic, you've got a couple things there. So everyone's got maybe a few, maybe kind of core equipment weapons, and you have there, like both of you guys, I believe, have a M22 pistol. Yep. A small caliber but automatic fire, if as a weapon feature, pistol. Right. Then for you, you're a little bit more special because you have you have spent a little couple points in your uh, kinetic, your Psychic, uh, class trees, and you have picked up kinetic strike. I see that. So as a further range, you can now reach out and just, just mind just, fuck somebody. Just yeah, pretty much mind fuck with a kinetic fist to the face. Just diddle the the. Yep. <laughs> and then your long range weapon is that you have got some extra armor, so you've got a lot of defense, and yep. you've got a lot of soak, which is damage reduction, and yep. you've got a bolt action rifle. I got a uh, <laughs> nice <clears throat> old school. Yep. So what is awakening? Awakening. So that is where you have some of the class abilities. And what you have down there at the bottom of the list that you mentioned is class abilities. These are the perk points that you spend in your class to get these abilities. Now, awakening specifically gives you psychic dice points. So where you see your psychic dice filled in is because of that feature right there which you have purchased. Okay. So even the power dice are purchasable because you get to purchase them when you want to. You could either be very diverse, so just like you could be a wizard as a mage and have a lot of spells, or you can choose to really pump up your power and be maybe more like a sorcerer and just do a few, a few parlor tricks really, really well. All right. Cool. So, yes. So your attacks, sometimes the kinetic strike will actually use the power dice instead of a skill. You, you're relying on sheer, pure skill to to pretty much put holes into enemies. I mean, unalive things. Yep. I'm going to make you so dead. <laughs> I'm going to unalive your whole family. All right, so how does, how does 
so I even have like a share feature. So that's the D20 that I can put into the pool for that's later. right. All right, that's right. So that's that's the uh, fortune dice. There is a similar aspect that if you roll a lot of setbacks, oh. you may succeed in your roll. It doesn't setbacks don't take away from successes. So you can still okay. succeed your roll, but it provides a narrative consequence for later on. Like you're trying to get into a club, and yeah. You're talking to the bon- the bouncer into letting you in, but you're being loud and obnoxious, and you're dropping names that you probably shouldn't be dropping. So, yeah, you're probably creating some setbacks with that. And then later on in the bar, when, oh, you guys were the guys talking uh, smack at the bar, I know exactly who you are when you're trying to be sneaky and hiding and trying to be obscure. It's like, oh, maybe, yeah. So the D20s will work both ways, but mainly they work for the party. Okay. So that's a that's it. Save your ass. All right. Yes. All right. Can you just say YOLO? It's like Jedi mind trick. YOLO. I do have appearance circled. I don't have charm. So yep. evidently I'm very comely. I'm just not very good at, what, at so, what using it. Yep. Judy Yules herself had grew grown up in the back alleys of several starports just trying to make her way and using her psychic power. And when her psychic power <laughs> failed her, mm. she did the best she could. She found every way possible to talk herself out of danger. I'm a dirty whore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, yeah, I, was, I was about to make the same joke. <laughs> See what happens when you know someone for too long, wow. Smith? There you go. That's what goes on. Yep. We so, know. Known, known my acts of war way too well. So here we go. I All have right, a let's try for this. you. And just like I said, we'll play a little bit of the starting adventure. Okay. Heck yeah. And will you please hold on to that book? That's for you. I got a book for you. I, I got a book for my illustrators. And he keeps, like, putting it down. I got a book you for see, you. I got a book for him. Jeff. He's got the attention span of a fruit fly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> What's a fruit fly? What's a fruit fly? Don't, don't worry about it. Go back to sleep. Okay. <laughs> so, here we go. So, with the starting adventure, we're going to fast forward a little bit. And uh, if you don't mind if I pause real fast. Sure. Sounds good. Appreciate you. Now a word from our sponsors. Yeah, it's gone. Okay. Well, for the art direction, what I tried to do is. Oh, and I love the art direction. Yeah. No, I'm going to be using. So I'm trying to get more pictures out of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I've told Jeff and I told him. It's like seriously, come to me with the pictures. If I don't have the money, I will find the money. I will. I've got a. Uh, I will throw. Money I've got a very cute, very cute two and a half year old daughter. I mean, just slave labor. You can make labor. another one. I mean, yeah. Black market would die over that. <laughs> I was just thinking more like I could just also just put her to labor. I could make my own iPads at home. That's badass. You know. So yeah, I, mean, I want a theme great, like this Garrett. where it's a very Thank mixture you. of of biology and fashion that Gareth's created that I absolutely I fell in love with as soon as I saw them. It's just, yeah. Because I mean, this is several hundred years in the supposed future, and so a lot of this has become norm. It's just like how your watch and your phone has become a lot more streamlined and organic. Right. Yeah, and that, well, and that's the thing. Like the art direction I went with is more just uh, trying to trying to do a, mm-hmm. a good mix of sci-fi and fantasy. You know. Yes. Like, like obviously. Just because you have all this technology doesn't mean you're not going to be a flamboyant douche wearing, right. you know, robes all over the place. Like, you know. Well, well, let's not rule that out just yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm all down for some flamboyant rope. Well, that's what I mean. Like that. Like just because it's all sci-fi and techie, and you got like you know cell phones with that are just screens of glass, it doesn't mean you're not going to walk around in a robe like a douchebag. That's yeah. what I love about the cover art too. Is like there's so many subtle things that Jeff did too that just I'm proud of my illustrators. If I can, yeah, if I can make you guys famous. Well, what's funny so is like, is like Jeff was like, oh, I'm not the happiest with that picture, and I'm like, dude, it looks awesome. What oh yeah, no, he was so conscious about it. He was so he was, but then as soon as I saw it, I loved it, and he's yeah. like, and he was trying to educate me. So you know, when you when you get an illustration, you usually come back and you offer inputs like, hey, I'd like this change or like this different or like this, and then I'll come back, I'll make changes, repeat that a couple times, and then, uh, I mean, honest to God, I fell in love with these. I loved everything about it. I loved the gritty the gritty kind of wear marks along the paint and then it's, a, it's supposed to be constru- uh, like construction or a cargo vessel so yeah bright yellow seems very fitting and mm-hmm. then the uh, everything about this just the fine details that he put in and then even Colorado on the side yeah. you know um just <laughs> it sounds like a cargo vessel a derelict it's, tanker out in the middle of nowhere yeah yeah <laughs> that, describes, that describes Colorado a little too real <laughs> a little close too close to home, to home. yeah yeah but we love our derelict tanker. Yeah, we do. I mean, might as well name it Commerce City. It would be great. Oh, shots fired. All mm. right. So, okay. how do we how do we start? Yeah. So, I'm going to fast forward this a little bit, but for a little bit of context, you have just like any adventures in any role playing game, you're looking for money. You're probably really really broke. You just started off. Obviously, you're you're the equivalent of level one characters. I got forcibly retired because they were sick of me just beating up on the new recruits because they're idiots. You're, you're so yeah. fresh yet you have very worn armor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beating them up, beating up new recruits, beating them off against their <laughs> will. Who knows? I was just being mean to these kids. No, yeah. 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 Come here, come here. The only thing more plentiful than your service record and ribbons I'm is your knee pain. Fist rape you. Stop yeah. crying. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Ooh, okay. Okay. And so, um, as such, you've picked up a contract. You have all banded together because. There is a mutual ship that you have, a um, a small uh, FTL warp capable freighter that has a broken transponder, and so will always and forever bear the name Glue Stick. Glue Stick. Glue Stick. Dun dun dun. Yep. And, and <laughs> you're you have, a glue stick. So you have picked up a, a seemingly simple task <laughs> of. Your contract has given you. Your contractor has given you a small box, very much the size of this wonderful juice box. Juice box. Yep. And marketing. uh, Marketing. (laughs) And shameless plug here. Your job is to take it to the next system over. Okay. Take next system over. Deliver it. And let me get to the adventure here. Here we go. Yep. So, you have traveled from the Tycho system to the Gideon system. <laughs> okay, I like it. So, we've yep. gone from railroads to a really bad X-Factor or X-Force villain. I You're like done. it. Yep. Perfect. What can I say? I'm still waiting for season two of Firefly. Oh! Too soon? So are so, are so many. Too soon? Too soon. It's always too, too soon. soon. It's okay. You can't take the sky from me. The brown, the brown so, coats are coming. Yeah. So, your job is to meet up with your contact at the local tavern just outside the spaceport. Okay. Deliver him the box. Okay. He delivers something you in return. You return that back to the contractor. Simple enough, right? Right. 
Simple enough. What I could like possibly this. go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Right? I've got a bad Stop f- crying. I've got yeah. a bad feeling about this. <laughs> yeah. Roll initiative 20. There you go. Shit. All right. I take a nap. So your spa- So to fast forward a little bit, okay. there is a lot more of the adventure itself. But of to course. fast forward a little bit, you land, you go through the spaceport. There's a lot of things you can do there. There's a lot of things you can do in town. Um, obviously, that's also up to your DM. Part of the game. In the meantime, two guys walk into a bar. I've heard this joke before. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yep. I didn't do it. So in the meantime, you walk into this bar, and it's a, it's a grimy... Uh, Fringe World Tavern Bar oh, so Cantina. My character is in heaven right now. I'm like, yep. yes. Yep. My people. It's like that. Yes. Oh, where's the donkey at? <laughs> Keep stretching the fingers. I'm getting them ready. Uh, donkey. Donkey. Yep. That's for all the veterans watching this podcast. Wow. Right. So many people are just like, why? Yeah. Oh, so many people. So, many so people. shocked and horrible. Yeah. No, they're not. So, call out a friend of my knuckles who probably won't listen to this podcast, yep. <laughs> but I might make him, and then he will understand that reference. Yep. But here you go. The party stands in the doorway entering the saloon. Inside is a vibrant yet worn cantina bar set on a fringe that fits right in with the fringe world. With a centerpiece bar encircled with a small two- and three-person high-top cha- uh, tables and booths aligned along the walls with ratty old worn fake leather fabric um it is bustling with pa- uh, patrons of seemingly every variety so there is enough patrons within this bar that just immediately spotting out your contact with the limited details that you were given fairly difficult so you do know that this man is supposed to be uh, you told that he was just a, a, an old, grizzled war veteran. Look for his flight jacket, oh. and a you'll know his flight patch when you see him. That is the exact description that you were given with this man. Okay. I do not. Wow. No, I wish. Nice question. Good question. We like that. That's brilliant. Right. right. Okay. So it's coming in version two. Uh, I I asked I asked my lead illustrator for that. By the way, uh, uh, um, I did not. I did not. No. So here we go. So here we go, gentlemen. We have the first skill challenge of the game. So to do this, okay, what you'll need to do is a direct. So you have a couple of options. Okay. First off, what would you like to do? I would like to go to the bartender. Okay. And I would like to ask: Is there a particular area that the vets like to hang out in? Okay, okay. So for that... I think that's that's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I no, feel like a, family feud. Good answer, good answer. There you go. <laughs> so you're striking up a conversation. You're trying. To, you're doing a targeted interrogation. Try to get the answers that you want. Yes. I'm so, trying to use my, my appearance because I, I have no okay, charm. Okay, okay. <laughs> so this is, where, this is where it blends up. Every dice pool is usually either an attribute and a skill or a power. So for this, it sounds like you want to do a presence, appearance... With a social persuasion, correct? Do I have social yeah. persuasion, or do I have? Is this mental with willpower? Oh, social. Okay. Yeah. Persuasion. Yeah. All right. So there we this go. is where you're going to assemble your dice pool. Okay. You're going to assemble your dice pool equal to 
the uh, so what I have is the number of dice that you have filled in for that attribute. You're going to pull that. If you have any of the specialties which I've mentioned, such as for presence appearance, you'll add one value to that. So. So I have two d8. Yep. Plus three because plus you have appearance. appearance circled. Three. So you're looking at a total value of three. So you're okay. going to need three d8. And then my persuasion, which is social of two. 2d10 plus with the persuasion. persuasion. So you have 3d10 right there. Okay. So this would be your dice pool. You have a total value of three attribute dice, a total value of three skill dice. Go ahead and make that dice roll. And now, it looks oh right. my Critical. god. What do we got? Oh, I god. was mentioning to Gareth on the drive over. It's like, it's going to be great. We just crap rolls. Like, nothing but failures <laughs> the whole way through. It's like, oh, that's great. But here we go. So this is where you don't have to add anything up. You don't have to add anything up. You are simply doing a comparison. So everything in the top half. So six and above on D8, uh, five and above on D8s, six and above on D10s. You have in total, good God, you have looks like four, four oh successes. So this guy's basically telling me his life story. He's yes, ready to he like, is. He's like the ready bartender to is telling <laughs> you his life story. Nobody ever talks to him. They just order drinks. And yeah. Fact, he basically, oh, like, my God. Like, yeah. He hands you the glass and the dish rag to clean it while you're listening to him. And, he's start, and I'm just sitting by, stop crying. Yeah. Stop crying. So, now, there is one more thing about this. Okay. You've got a couple criticals. Uh-oh. You've got a couple criticals, and that's good. Oh, You've okay. got to max out your D8. You've maxed out your D10. So, you've got two criticals. So does that, that doesn't turn his brain to pudding, does it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so here's something interesting. Like, so He's just got a hard on This right is now. the relationship <laughs> between criticals and setbacks. Okay. Do I need to adjust the mic a little no, bit? No, you're good. Okay, okay, cool. So criticals, you get a spendable feature with it. Setbacks, they only negate the spendable part of it. Oh, okay. So setbacks on their own, I would get a fate dice. Maybe someone overheard you talking about the bartender about this person, but Ooh, no. Okay. But no. So you so these two cancel out. So it still counts so it's a as wash. success. Gotcha. But you lose the but spendable critical part. You lose it. the spendable critical part. Because you had a critical failure. You have one remaining critical part for this. So you do exceptionally well. Uh the difficulty was only like a two or a three. You have this spendable part. All right. In this case, I would say you're easily ready to add a fortune dice to the party. Okay, so we add a fortune dice to the party. We'll leave that Sweet. right there. There we go. So the whole party gets a fortune dice, which will last for as long as, yeah, for Til the whole. Until it's spent. Until it's spent, pretty much. Okay. So in my conversation with the bartender, uh-huh. does he reveal where this gentleman with the obvious patch that we would recognize be, or does he know this gentleman at all? So he refers you. To a bar regular, a bar patron likes to sit back and stay quiet. Maybe come in with a couple of his friends sometimes, but otherwise frequents this bar a lot. He points you over to a, uh, a booth at the very back corner of the bar. And um, well, here, Before we get too far, here's a question. Would my character know what the patch was that we were described as being? Would I have... That's a good point. Because I'm a soldier. As a soldier. Well, so your dealings with stuff like that, so what you would do is, let's do it right now. You're looking at a mental intellect. You're looking at a lore history okay. dice pool. Lore. So I have none of that. I have so. no lore. <laughs> I have no <laughs> intellect. I have one D8. Yeah. So this is where your attributes always have one a value of one. Okay. So you always have one dice. 
So this is where it comes in that you would be rolling a single D8 for okay. your mental ability. Yep. You have no skill in it. You are so technically untrained. Yeah. <laughs> so what you could do is you got to roll a D8. Yep. And uh, usually know the, the in style of this game, usually know the difficulty in advance. Okay. Because the rule is you can only dip for into the fortune pool once. You can pull as many as you want. You can pull all of them if you want to. You know? You're among your friends. You do that at your own judgment. Right. But you only get to pull once. You don't get to, like, pull, like, one or two and, like, oh, I didn't get the successes I need. Let me pull some more and pull some more. There's no double dipping. You can't double dip the chip. Uh, so it's okay. a one, one throw and done. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's see. I know That's right. What's going on? Let's go. All right. Let's see. Let's. Uh, so tell me the thing. And I got a you critical. Got, you got a critical. Okay. Critical okay. it is. So you are, like, clairvoyant. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, I know. Right. So you're not familiar with this patch as was described to you in the mission, uh, in the contract details itself. But you do know that it's a mercenary patch. It is not belonging uh. to a military uh, squadron of okay. the Solar Confederation, but you do know that it's a mercenary patch. Okay. So since he got a critical, does that put another? Technically, yes. Another so 20. that could be another fortune dice for the party. Hell yeah. All right. Okay. I'm digging this. We're kicking ass. We are totally yep. kicking ass for two greenies. <laughs> yep. I like it. So. A psychic and a soldier. Both yep. of whom are whores, apparently. <laughs> We're just the slutty. Dirty. Dirty. But that's, that's all veterans. Dirty. Yeah. <laughs> that's all veterans. I mean. Uh, all right. Well, then let's go to the CD corner. Yeah, let's go find okay. this guy. All right. All right. As we're walking through the bar, I'm just going to steal someone's drink off their table. Let's. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. You know, you like to be the rogue. You like to steal from your own party members, too, I bet. You know, that's cool. No, what, cool. What's your dexterity? <laughs> so at this point, I mean, for for it is fun, though. It is, it fun. is fun. You right. are. You're staring them down. You just take the drink. You stare them down. They go to, like, half stand up, and they look at you. And you are still in your, like, you're in full combat gear. You're wearing a laminate suit, a power, like, a laminate combat suit. You've got your weapons on. You've got both a pistol and a bolt action strung over your back. So, at this point, if we had more time, you know, maybe there, we'll, there'd be whatever. A throw down. Yeah. Maybe this guy was, like, um, you know, Michael Clark Duncan from the Green Mile <laughs> built, you know? Nice. And he's just like, yeah, I'll pick a fight with you. But for the meantime, No. It's Point Dexter, and he's going to sit down, and he's going to let you have your drink, and he's going to order another one. Wow, cool. look at you. Yeah. Okay. Muscles. And there we go. I just walked by him. <laughs> That's right. Flexing on him. What? Yep. <laughs> so, yep, so you continue on to the table which he's at, and so here we go. Um, here we go. An elderly man each eyes each of you as he sits at his table. His gaze is sharp and calculating. He remains silent, continuing to study his new table mates. Meanwhile, you know that his hand is at the ready over a pulse pistol in his drop holster underneath the table. And as we know, in these cantina settings, (laughs) you've already lost. (laughs) Who shoots first? Who shoots first? Han. Han shot first. I don't care what anybody else says. Han did shoot first. I will fight you. Um... He is he's is he expecting us? Uh, in a sense, maybe not ex- expecting you exactly, but as this contract was formed up, you can assume that yeah, as the person that's expecting to get something and hand something back, he is expecting someone. Okay? Then I will approach him. Hands okay. out. 
we have an uh, understanding that we are to meet with you for an exchange. May we approach? He's just like, take a seat, gentlemen. And as you take a seat, you can see on his uh, flight suit uh, where he's got his, that recognizable flight patch. It has a very recognizable, recognizable uh, icon. But then also you see on his name, Paul Cross. Now this might be another good one where you get to, this one will definitely be another mental intellect, lore history. Mm. And uh, for you, it'd be beneficial. You might want to take those fate dice oh. and try to do a do it. Uh, do it, cause I roll got, like that. I got nothing. Do it. With, with the intellect dice or with the... Uh, yep. So this is where you the get, lucky orange. Let's so see. this would be a normal as a soldier. You want to know because that name sounds familiar. The patch sounds familiar. Everything about this man seems familiar from you as a soldier. Oh, hello. So one failure though. I again, fortune dice follow the same rule. Top half of success, bottom half of failure, criticals and fumbles. Well, in fortune dice, there are no fumbles because it's already a fortune dice as it is. It can't come back to bite you in the ass. But you've got two successes right here. Okay. So you've got it. You Once you sit down and you see that name tape, everything clicks for you. The character recognizes this, character, uh, this contact as Major Paul Cross, the famous ace pilot of the Battle of Ares III. So dun, dun, dun. Paul Cross was the wing commander of the 201st battling against insurgent Ares Confederacy forces. The battle was bloody for both sides, nearly destroying both fleets. Uh Paul barely survived with a few of his squad mates, but coordinated them into salvaging an actual FTL-capable ship, able to intercept reinforcements and warn them of the trap that was laying for them, and giving them the intel needed to avoid defenses and overtake the orbital station. Major Cross was a war hero, but soon resigned and joined the Black Pulsar Mercenary Group, and that's where you recognize the patch from. Mm. Wow. Okay. So this dude's a badass. This guy is... Uber. Bad. Uber badass. Oh, yeah. This dude is like... Uh, he total space diehard the whole thing. <laughs> I was going to say, he, I was gonna, I was gonna say, he's like uh, yeah. John McClane yes. of space. Just, just a good Christmas reference for right now, yeah. you know? <laughs> Which is a Christmas movie. Which is a Christmas movie. I will movie. fight someone. Oh. I mean, if they have not realized this at this stage of the game, yeah. seriously, come on. Yeah. Catch I mean, up. There's a Christmas children's book out. About that, that. How John McClane saved Christmas. Oh, I got to exactly. get that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. So what is what is what does he do? Does he let us approach and sit down? He does. And so he immediately says, so uh, immediately asks, are you my contact? Do you have a small box for me? We have a small box. I present the small box. Okay. So you present the small box, which is about the size of this juice box. This wonderful juice box. This wonderful juice box. Wonderful juice box. <laughs> and he himself is about to pull out of his flight suit uh, off the sleeve a box of similar size, all black, with no – it seems to be solid. There doesn't seem to be an opening or anything on this square, this, this cube that he's about to pull out. And he slides it back in because the bustling noise and activity of the saloon comes to a silent halt. Three unscrupulous characters stand in the doorway, staring down everything and everyone in the saloon. Two of them step forward from the doorway. Inside, while the third waits at the front entrance, blocking anyone from entering and leaving with a pistol drawn at the ready. Two men steadily walk into the center bar and begin asking the the bartender a few questions. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. So, 
at this point also in the book for all of you dungeon masters provided a couple things if there's been any setbacks is one of those instances where hey people nearby the bartender just heard maybe you guys asking about it but you didn't create any setbacks any generating setbacks okay smooth because I'm a right. smooth operator. That's I'm right. a whore, but I'm well, a smooth operator. You were also listening to all the other bar with what you rolled. You were listening to all the bar patrons' problems too. Sweet. Yeah. You're a s'more. I'm a s'more. s'more. I'm, I'm all s'more. Uh, smooth. Uh, yeah. Smurf the s'more. The whore. Speak, <laughs> speaking about s'mores, this is completely unrelated. But yes. if, you, if you've never had a s'more with a Reese's cup instead Wait. of a Hershey's bar, Wait. s'more you, of what? S'more of. Uh, this foot in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a book called My Foot in Your Ass. <laughs> Starring you and my foot. So Major Cross immediately looks at you, and he his arm dips down. You can tell that he's pulled out the cube, and he's put his hand underneath the bar again, and he looks at both of you. He's like, they're looking for both me and the box. Best they don't find both together. We've got options. Either you head out the back door which is conveniently located as the door for the kitchens is located right next to this booth, which obviously might lead out to the back. All right. And he he almost gestures to that with a nod. Bessa, they don't find both together. Either you head out the back or I do. It's your choice. Oh, we're taking the box and running. Okay. Yep. (laughs) There we go. So says Paul Cross, and you can hear an audible click underneath as his pistol's been withdrawn from the from the uh, holster and is held just under the table at the ready. You have no doubt whatsoever that the odds are even in whatever fight that you guys need to duck out from. Shit's about to go down. That's right. Are you staying? Are you staying behind? I, I, I'm hightailing it back to the ship. I'm getting yep. out of dodge. Uh, I don't know. Do I want to help him or do I want to just bounce? Well, I gotta protect you because I'm. Yeah, because I got no, I, I got no. Con- that's I, why yeah. I was hired. Yes, was to protect your pretty face. Yeah, there you go. So I think I will. Um, he has the same pistol as me. Do I notice that, or does he not? No, he's got a pulse pistol, so he's uh, got an energy pistol, which may have may not been military issued at one time, but severely upgraded from us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. I say you you come with me. Yeah, that's that's the plan. I think because uh, you you should probably lead the way in case just in case in the back. they covered the back door. That's to, a good to idea. Cover Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So. something. So I would I would let you go first and kick the door in. Right. Cool. So at this point, with the one person watching over the entire bar and the two other unscrupulous fellows checking uh, asking asking the bartender, it's easy to duck out the kitchen and head out the back. And for speed purposes, yeah, it's real easy for that. I don't, yeah. In the meantime, let's have a combat session anyway. Yeah. Sweet. Okay? So there was one guy waiting in the alley for you guys, waiting for somebody to come out the back door. And there we go. So now. Well, I see that I have stealth at, right? in my athletics dice. So obviously I want to try to lead us through the kitchen as quietly as possible mm-hmm. without trying to make any ruckus. So we can say that, and this is where everything can be kind of abstracted to it. A narrator or a game master also has the freedom to say, like, you are trained in athletics and you have a specialty in self. You knew at the right moment to pull the team out and head out and slip away. So that way, in tabletops where maybe they don't want to roll as many dice, or they can, you can default to that. Yeah. 
and we'll do that. Absolutely. You slip out the back. You slip out the back. The three thugs in the bar don't notice you because of your skill in stealth. Wow, look at you. You're a ninja. You're a ninja bitch. There you go. So then uh, you, the both of you head up the alley and down the end of the alley, you can see one man standing there looking down and lock eyes with you. Oh, okay. And in this moment, we roll initiative. Ooh, Ooh, what's the initiative dice? Here we go. So initiative is dynamic. Initiative, due to your actions and your choices, can shift throughout the entire combat. It's not just rolling one dice and having that set list every single round of combat. You can simultaneously take spend a little bit to move maybe a little bit slower next time, high risk, high reward, or try to reserve back, try to get the upper hand later on in combat, and then also do abilities that affect your enemies to set them up for blows for the rest of your teammates. So initiative for every combat starts at a four. And you can see you have your initiative screen right there. Initiative goes from one to eight. Lowest goes first, obviously, is like initiative one first. All right. So here's what you do. Everyone rolls a D8. And this is how it can shift a little bit, too. Everyone rolls a D8. Here you go. I've got one here for you. There you go. So, again, top half. Oh, there you go. So, you you just scored a critical. You drop two points on your initiative. So, you're on an initiative count of two. Oh, okay. Yep. So, you go from four to two. What did you get, Gareth? Seven. You got a success. So, you drop down. You're running on an initiative count of three. Ah, uh, okay. Your local neighborhood thug rolled a failure. So he stays at four. <laughs> so he's just sitting there. That's right. So wait, I get to go first? Yes, you do. Oh. Starts from one to eight. Okay, I was confused right? at first because it's one to eight. I thought whatever you rolled on the D8 mm. was your initiative. No, oh, no, okay. it's not purely Pass random fail. like that. Okay, yeah, I got it, I got it, cool. So there's a couple class abilities that might be able to play with that automatically. Um, there's rules in here for tiebreakers. Uh, but the base thing is that if you have a tiebreaker, you just roll off. So you could have instances where you and the bad guy are on the same initiative count, and there could be some trade-off here and there that you have to account for. So, anyway. All right. So what I'll do is yes, I will do a ranged kinetic strike yes. to try and not attract attention to ourselves. There you go. So, so going into that, I wrote down the rules on there. So basically it has a range of medium. Yes. Now. Damage two to six. Yep. So we'll say with you're in medium range. We're playing theater of the mind tonight. And you're in range of medium. And so what you have is a kinetic strike is located under the psychic class. And I will pull that up here under page. Just hit mage class, psychic class. Kinetic strike is on page 45. It's. So you're going to be rolling this following dice pull. You're going to be rolling a mental willpower. Plus a psychic power kinetic. Wow. Okay. So what do I need to pull? So that's here. Take a look. Uh, if you mind holding up your sheet here, I'll take a look here. So mental and willpower. Looks like you got a value of four there. So you're looking for 48. And I've got three here. Yeah. So there. Okay. there we go. So you got 48. Yeah, Gary's got my other one. Okay. And then you're looking for a psychic power kinetic. And looks like you've got a psychic die of one. So you're rolling a D12. Power dice operate a little bit differently on their criticals and setbacks, but we'll come across that if we if you roll that. 
Okay. So that uh, still same principles. Top half failure uh, success. Yeah, you're uh, critical at the top number. Oh, I see one fumble. Uh oh. Uh oh. Got a crooked dice here. Let's go ahead and re-roll that. Hey, there we go. That says save lands there. Okay. So your power dice got in the top half. You got a seven. You got a six. You got your two. In combat rolls, uh, it is there. It's a straight roll of two. Dif- difficulty of two plus whatever armor they have. This thug has no armor. So, you hit. Sweet. You hit with your kinetic strike. So the damage, it says, is two slash six. So is that two mm-hmm. D6s? Yep, so that's how it works. D6s are effect dice. And the very first number there is your base damage. Okay. Now, remember what I said. If you have excessive successes, what's called surplus, it adds to the damage. You can never go above six. Now, here's the thing. Just like how an attribute dice, you can only have five attribute dice, you can have three skill, three power dice. If you have a value that ever exceeds that, I call it overflow. You get re-rolls of your dice. (laughs) Okay? Okay? So you can exceed that value. I like that. But that way, you don't have people trying to roll two fistfuls of dice. Okay, fair enough. Try to balance the complexity here. Right. Okay, so 1d6 for sure. So You got 2d6. Yeah, so your kinetic strike is a 2 slash 6, so you're doing a base damage of 2, that first number of the slash. So then with the critical, I get one more d6? There wasn't a critical here. There wasn't a critical. And with criticals, they don't add damage. They don't add an additional success. They add a spendable part. So that's where a weapon feature can be applied, or you add a fortune dice to the party. Okay. Effect dice on D6s operate a little differently. Uh, one, two, and three, no effect. Four and five, you get one effect. Sixes, you get two. So on the six, you roll a two and a six. The two has no effect. The six rolls two damage. So you just dealt two damage to the thug. I have here... The thug. The thug. The thug. The thug character sheet. Well, I have provided an NPC or an encounter sheet in the book. So here we have Wound Threshold. They only ha- Yeah, so he only has three. He just took two damage. <laughs> Every time they take damage equal to their Wound Threshold, they start taking wounds and start dropping and dropping and dropping. Nice. Yep. So, I'm sorry. I almost did not leave you anything. That, yeah. <laughs> Lingering damage. Yes, that, that's, that's a good way. Is that Lingering what you said? damage. That, that is great. That is a, that's a great way of saying it, Ryan. Thank you. So you you get to an ish. Oh oh oh! Yeah, mood lighting. Oh oh! Just basically hit him so hard he he knocked knocked, knocked his lights out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that clothes almost came off on the lights. All right, Woo! Gareth. So now so here we go. So we so that was initiative count two done. Initiative count three is up next, which is you, Gareth. My turn. So you as the soldier. Yep. What does the soldier want to do on their turn? The soldier wants to. So I see my friend here go, Wah! and he just, poof, he gets punched. Mind bullets, yeah. yeah. Mind bullets right in the Mind face. Mind like, bullets. So I'm going to pull out my, my bolt rifle, oh. take aim, and take a shot. Oh, All right. You're just going <laughs> to So Yeah, like with your melon. bolt action. So now for your dice pool, it's going to be physical yep. agility. Okay. So it looks like you've got three on the physical, and yep. you've got agility as a specialty. 4d8. 4d8. Cool. 
Oh my god, you are going to cleave this dude in half. And then... Can you shoot yourself? <laughs> uh, well, hey, if you want to. <laughs> no, I mean accidentally. I mean, if that's you, up if to you, the narrator. If you I'm, throw that bad, can you accidentally shoot yourself? So what I do uh, have okay. is that there are unlo- uh, there's uh, ammunition and then jamming mechanics. Uh, okay. So That's a cool feature. You, I like that. You can cause something like that. So in the meantime, you have a combat of two. Yep. And the specialty is ranged, so you get to add three to that. So you've got 48, 3d10, to try to get two successes. Good lord. So we're going to see some features pop here. This dude's going to be pulp. He's got four. There's only, looks like, two failures? Yeah, so you know what? So this is what we've rolled. We've rolled two successes, which is what you have needed to hit. So... Your bolt action has a damage value of 4 slash 8, so you're going to do a default of 4. But tell you what, let's speed this up a little bit, all right? Your, your, your watchers have, have yeah, been patient with us enough. That's, that's out a couple here. So you got a, you got a critical, and you've got a couple other successes here. Okay, let's demonstrate this. So let's say you rolled four successes and a critical, all right? No, no setbacks, nothing like that. You only needed two. Yeah. So with four successes and a critical, <laughs> that's just say that, yeah, you created three surplus. Nice. So right off the bat, that's three extra damage dice to your damage roll. Wow. Now, you also rolled a critical. Criticals, again, have a spendable feature. You have some weapon features there. Yep. So what you have for a bolt action, it's pretty simple. You have piercing. Jeez. Ammo one, piercing two. Yep. So here's the other thing. Yeah, so there's that ammo mechanic. We can go over that another time where it's in the book. For speed purposes, we'll go with this. Right. Okay. Um, so piercing one reduces the difficulty of the dice roll by one. Or equal to its value. Equal to its value. So now you technically have four. So you can activate that piercing and turn it into four surplus. So now you are rolling, instead of the base of four damage dice, you're hitting eight. You're doing eight damage dice. Good lord. So well, eight D6s? Yeah, so why don't you hear, here's these eight D6s, <laughs> and let's see what happens when a human target is hit with a high caliber bolt action bullet, you know, like a 50 cal. Sorry. Oh my god, there's a lot of sixes. <laughs> So remember, fives effect dice. Sixes. Yep, effect dice. You have one, two. There's one, two. The rest yeah. are fives and sixes. So, one, twos, and threes. No effect. We're gonna set that aside here. Fours and fives are one effect. So we've got three damage there. Uh, three dice providing one effect there. You have four dice rolling sixes. <laughs> so you've got eight there. So you total of 11 damage to this character. Who <laughs> only had one health point left. It, well, so there's a wound system, too. So, yeah, so hit, uh, hit points don't necessarily rise with your levels either. Right. There's class abilities and features and perks that you can that if you want to spend into it. If you want to be like Dolph Lundgren who wants to be the scientist and get your degree in chemistry but still be able to crush skulls, <laughs> you can put points into getting your, raising your hit points. You, you don't miss leg day is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, you can choose not to skip leg day as you advance your character. 
<laughs> just walking around with tree trunks. This like, thug, however, <laughs> did not. <laughs> so he just took so eight points of damage. He only has a wound threshold of three. So as soon as he hits three wounds, he takes a wound. His wound threshold drops. So the next time around, he can only take two damage. So we have seven remaining. Well, that brings down to five remaining. Two damage fills up that wound. He takes another wound. So there's that one wound. Okay, And then one wound. So there's still four wounds remaining. He's killed. So the wound threshold is basically how much damage you can take before you start... Taking wounds. Taking wounds. Oh, okay. Yep. All so, right. That's so, a cool. I like so that. So basically, what I did was overload. So, oh, so the wound threshold is like a shield, like the shield in Halo. Oh. As soon as it goes down, then you can take damage. More specifically, it's a lot more like a. Uh, yeah, it's it's a series of reservoirs. Yeah. Okay. That gets you like, just filled up the first reservoir. Well, Dan, you just filled up the first reservoir. Right. And you just filled up every single one after that. <laughs> and you killed them. So I was just like, boom! <laughs> but still adding value to a headshot, okay? Because even at 20th level, a headshot is still a headshot. Wow. Headshot if so you have a kid that plays 18 hours a day playing Halo, he's still going to die to a headshot to from a, headshot. a sniper rifle. Right. <laughs> Headshots to the Okay? Headshot, <laughs> headshot so to the dome. so he is dead. Wow. The thug is dead. You just killed that one thug. And you are able to break your way to head to the spaceport. Hop in good old trustful glue stick. Glue stick. <laughs> glue stick the ship. And right off to Tycho 3 to hand in this mysterious black box that and all, now all that now that you and the party have to do is take this black box that you have no clue what's in it. To our contact. To your contact, which you didn't know too much about, but he was kind of paying handsomely, so why you know you can't pass that up. What could possibly happen? I guess we'll have to play to find out. Yes, yeah, so we'll have to play to find out. <laughs> so there we go. Blue, I like this. <laughs> I like the mechanics. Right? Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, because when you explain the dice mechanic to me, I, I was like, it seems a little complex. Oh, right? And it is at first, but once you get it, it seems like it'll just. And that, yes. Yes. So that's the point. So, um, and I could go into it. There's research papers that have been done on dice probability and things like that. And it goes as a descending order of like, of. To, you know, of course, division and multiplication is like really hard for players to do, and then you also you got addition and then subtraction, and then all, but then comparison—that's where my balance is to try to balance out this complexity. Right. So this has been a whole look at this entire book has been a look to try to add a new mechanic, a new way to play, while trying to balance that complexity. If you see these rules, you're going to at least see them in other parts of the book, and so once you get used to them, you'll get uh, players. Uh, in playtesting have found great ways to get familiar with those rules and apply them in those other places where they've been recycled and applied, but then gives you an idea of the intent of the game itself. So that way you can focus on playing. No more the days of, you know, you've got three hours of playing and only 30 minutes of gameplay. Right. Because you're counting dice or counting up. Or looking up the rules. And and that's great because if the dice are just a pass-fail... That's, that's a great 
It's a great mechanic. I like that. Every dice roll is a mini game for the player because it's like, oh, well, I got to spend stuff. <laughs> oh, look, I got a critical. That means I get extra damage. Or nice. I get extra... Yep. Yeah. So, Blue, you've completed the book, obviously. Yes. And have you started a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter to further this along? Miniatures? Not, not or... yet, no. So, this, so, yeah, when I say this is veteran-owned and operated, it's also mainly single-person owned and operated, too. So <laughs> Single-person funded is what you're saying. <laughs> and single-person funded, too. So I have the books uh, available. I've been independently distributing them, too, which has been helpful. I, right. So um, uh, I was so happy to get my first sale off to uh, Rhode Island last wow, week. Oh, nice. Oh, that was the greatest thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like Christmas morning for me. I'm going to run down the stairs. My wife has no clue what's going on. I'm just like, I got a sale. And yeah. But... <laughs> So, yeah, independently <laughs> distributing, independently designed. I have two illustrators that I am working with, two great, awesome illustrators that, uh, yeah, people need to go check out that work. Okay. Seriously. Gareth Kenzak, Jeff Broadhead. And, and unfortunately, there's only two of my illustrations in this book because we were a little crunched on time. So that in the meantime, too, yeah, that's right. my fault. That is not their <laughs> fault. That is my fault. That'll be in second edition. That was only... Yeah, so that was only two months of product, you know, project management time allotted to getting the book out. I was trying to get it out before the holiday season, give people a chance to try to test this out or maybe gift it to somebody. Okay. So, yeah. So what I do have planned up next is I do have a Kickstarter, which keep an eye out for my website, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, we'll kick that off. That will be initially funding for the first three expansion books we have. Nice. Three expansion books planned and working on the first one, and the first one is a campaign guide that builds off of that starting adventure. Okay. And it tells you exactly what does go happen, what what nice. does go wrong, what like does it. happen, which then leads up to the second one, which adds rules, mechanics for which I will only say the title is called First Contact. Ooh. So Star Trek-y. Right? Well, right right now in the book, there's um – there's sure there's aliens you're in space obviously yeah obviously but right now you can only play as uh, vanilla humans true so it's almost like kind of like a battle techie kind of environment but again okay. that so that wasn't intentional that was more of a project scoped i was like do i spend another month or so adding and more and more and more and having well you got yeah. you got to stop at some point yeah the the feature creep can only go on so much so that's where it can be an expansion book and that's exactly what it's going to do so then third expansion will then continue on to more rules and um, an expansion of the rules. My product value is that no rule will become obsolete because a new expansion comes out. It will only build off of it. Okay. So just because an expansion comes out does not mean that you have to buy that. It will be nice to have it to have those rules and stuff like that. But buying that expansion book does not uh, uh, render anything before it obsolete. All right. Cool. So where do they need to go to follow you? What's the website? Sure. Where, 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 where? How can they, how can they stalk you effectively? Sure. So my name is Andrew Ballou, and I am proud to own and operate Blue Falcon Studios, LLC. So Blue Falcon Studios, uh, best found under bluefalcon.games. Bluefalcon.games. Uh, there is a Facebook. There is a Twitter. I'd be happy to share those things with you, Dan. And uh, we'll put them up at the post. There will be links directly to it. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. And uh, from there, uh, we'll, from those three 
we'll be we'll keep an eye out. There is a uh, sign up that you can do on the website to sign up for the Kickstarter, and we'll send out an email blast once that's going. I'm uh, I'm learning everything as I go. So <laughs> aren't, aren't we all? <laughs> yep. So I also want so anybody on this podcast, I'd really appreciate a shout out. Tell Dan what you really like seeing in a Kickstarter. What were some of those features? Some of those tier levels that what they offered in there uh that you really loved seeing in previous games what was some of the um overflow goals that you really like seeing i want to know because i really want to know what the players want in a game i'm pretty sure they want hand jobs specifically from you well are, are, are we back okay <laughs> 20 thank you thank you ryan thank you so much ryan um and uh, so, yeah, no, the paperback edition is on sale for $19.99, plus tax and shipping. The PDF is a is on sale for $14.99, and I'll tell you what, um, uh, keep posted. I'll send out another coupon for the PDF. So I, I know my market. Uh, I had the PDFs out sooner. I was waiting for these to get shipped, which, by the way, there is nothing cooler I love than having – your book have that new book smell. Oh, yeah. Like, open up the box and just... Book smell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he called me when he got the books, and he's like, the new book smell. <laughs> yes. Like, and then just hangs up on yeah, you. Yeah, with like, no context. Was, I know what he's doing. New book smell. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like... Dirty. Right. What's going on? It's like a new pack of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yep. Oh. And so... And so what, yes. Cardboard crack. And so what you get with that product is that you get Solar Arcanum 2199, the core rule book for the game, all of the dice mechanics and rules for playing the game for the whole party, character creation, character advancement. You get uh, equipment, uh, vehicles, NPCs. You also get um, starting characters for those if you just want to throw the characters in there and play with it. And you also get the starting adventure for even new narrators or game masters or new players to be able to have a good way to start role-playing or start role-playing our veteran players being able to play a new dice mechanic and get used to it in a fairly quickly way. Cool. I like it. All right, Blue. Uh, I'm impressed. Well well done. Um, Ryan, you got any questions? Uh, no, I think he's got nothing. I like it. I li- it is a lot better. So there you guys have it. Um, check it out. There are links below in the description. Go to 5280geek.com. The webpage will have the links on the post in addition to what we have got going on the podcast post as well. And when Blue puts up his GoFundMe um, or Kickstarter, we will be sharing that so you can get in the ground floor of something fun, something unique, and it's not every day you get to kind of jump in on a new campaign. So give us a like, give us a share, give us your comments and what you want to see as a Kickstarter. This is a way to be involved, and I'm very excited to be part of it. So thanks for listening. Uh, Let everyone know about it, but in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night.